Welcome to Alchemy Answers 72, where we're going to be answering how Dota Alchemy was formed and other dank questions. And the very first question that we have today, Elevated, is from Zebus, who's been a longtime supporter, and he says, I don't have more than 40 games on any hero. Is this a problem if I want to gain MMR? Currently in the Legend bracket, if that matters. Yes. I would say it's a problem. I uh, I had another Patreon supporter ask me on Steam yesterday what I thought was the most important thing for gaining MMR. And I believe it's spamming heroes. Playing like three, three, four heroes max. I think it's definitely top three. It Maybe you could come up with some other, you know, hypothetical, like, okay, focusing on, like, your psychology, th things like really high-level stuff like that, that you could argue. But in terms of just very easy thing to implement, it, that is definitely up there. That is definitely, like, the the probably the number one easy thing to implement is you literally just play one hero. And it gives you such a good understanding of all of the other stuff around the game that yep. is not related to... Uh, hero specific mechanics which is the hard part it's it's like the heroes in the mechanics and the amount i've wanted to i've wanted to talk about this <laughs> for a, a, a while now just because on my own channel i've had why do i look like jesus that's a that's my brother was called jesus in high school what? Uh, because he had long hair and he had uh, like a beard and they people called me baby jesus so <laughs> That's that's I'm going back to going back to school on this one. Um, that's funny, but on my channel, I'm getting all these comments. People are like, "Missing you miss last hits here." People are like really hyper focused on last hits, and um, I wouldn't make a video about it per se because I wouldn't want to go against the grain of what so many people consider important in Dota. But I can tell you that I've been playing unranked with uh, my girlfriend and my, my brother-in-laws, and they're, you know, pretty low-rated. And I've been playing on a smurf, but it's unranked, so who gives a shit? Um, I'm not going to try to justify it. I'm trying to get a smurf to 7k, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I have been getting outlasted by Legend players, by Archon players. Straight up. They are better at lasting than I am. Does it matter? Not really, because it's one of the least important things in the game. Yep. And yet you have all of these YouTube commenters that are hyper focused on last hitting. And you know why? How can I how like what can I give I'm sure there's a lot of analogies that you could draw. Maybe you could come up with like a snowboarding one, but it's because last hitting is like one of the first things that you learn. So it's one of the first things that you master. Right. So you feel so, like you can be an expert on it. Right. Right. So everybody's an expert on it. Right. And a lot of the good players have stopped thinking about it and probably do need to go back to it. And, and I, I, I should like, I shouldn't last it shittily and be like, that's fine. You know, I should want to do that better still. Right. But that doesn't make it more important than these other things. Okay. So going all the way back to the point is that there are things in Dota that blind you. I just hit my mic. I'm sure that was really loud, but there are things in Dota that I talk with my hands that blind you. And it's this wall of mechanics and this wall of shit that's in front of you. And you need to look past the wall to see the important stuff that's behind it. And that is exactly 
what spamming a hero will let you do is is you focus on the wall first and then you'll be so bored of it that the wall won't even be there and then you can focus on the actual important stuff behind the wall that will make you a better player like that that that's why in a lot of these videos where you know well, i'm just gonna say it speed says like okay get better at last hitting and you're gonna I, like i do once again i agree with that in the sense that you should always try to get better at anything but it's not the most important thing that's the wall that's in front of you and i think focusing on the bait going for the hook is is how you're gonna get caught you know like that's not that's not gonna help that's not gonna actually make you better you need to get past this fucking brick wall that's in front of you and that's why you need to spam heroes so very yeah. long convoluted way of saying it but yes i think i think you should spam heroes and it has nothing to do with that, that actual hero nothing to do with the hero it has to do with everything not related to the hero that's great i'm gonna cut that and turn that into a piece of content <laughs> you think so i feel yeah. like, i i feel like i was just kind of rambling on no, that was good that's why i didn't say a single word because you're just you're just in the zone right there Nice, dude. It's the sugar-free Red Bull. Look, I went to the grocery store to get some non-essential. Stop uh, showing branded shit on our stream unless they're sponsoring us, Jenkins. This is a sugar-free generic energy drink Thank that you. gives me wings. Thank you. So, yeah, I, I don't want to knock anybody that's, like, focusing on last hits. I really think it's a good thing to focus on. But when it's the only thing that you focus on, you're not going to be good. It's just a, yeah. It's just blinders. You're just a horse with blinders blinders on you can't fucking see what's the left and right of you yep yeah i completely agree i don't have anything else to add to be honest okay let's see uh that was zebus so we have bradley dragon so bradley dragon's actually just lecturing people in here but he's not um <laughs> he's he's contributing like he's i am liking bradley dragon dude not only is bradley dragon a character He's contributing information too. He's like a fucking solid member of the community. Yeah, he is. I um, agree. Once once he stopped calling everybody cheaters, he, <laughs> <laughs> his uh, his contributions to the the Discord have been amazing. They're five men cheating. <laughs> oh, that's so insane. Pogasus says, thank you for the last review. Never thought to stand next to a range creep if disruptor thunder shocks me. Yeah, that is a it's a weird mechanic, but definitely definitely a smart one. Um, I've been get, having a bit of an issue being under leveled in my games, especially on Rubik. You really want your six. How should I prioritize doing position four things, letting my uh, three get solo XP in lane and getting levels? I try to watch for when mid leaves to rotate, but other than that, what can I do? You know what I've recognized a lot recently from watching pubs is that the fours and even pro replays. The laning stage, I know that we talk about this a lot where you like you need to give your your teammate solo experience as much as possible. I don't see the pros doing that that much. Like they do it, but they also spend a lot of time in the lane contesting last hits for the enemy team. And they get a lot of experience from just being there and being annoying to the other team. Um so it's something that I've been having to think about because I'm also running into this problem of like I feel like I'm just setting up my teammate for a perfect game. And then I end up like level three at eight minutes as somebody that needs to be like level six around 10 minutes. And I'm like, wait a second, you know, am I actually throwing by doing this? Do I need to spend more time kind of just like bashing people in lane, even though I feel like I'm like, oh, okay, well the, the waves in front of their tower, 
I should just peace out because they can just last it. But probably I should spend some time making sure that they're actually getting the last hits and not just being bullied off because that happens a lot in pubs. Yeah, I think it depends. I think it depends on the lane. If you're against a pretty strong lane that can actually contest under tower, you can stay there. Um, but for, for me, like the way that you should get experience as a position four is you should be giving your, ideally in a game, you should be giving your position three such a good game that you can take the tower. It's going to be something like Beastmaster or Nature's Prophet uh, in the current meta where you really don't have any excuse to not win the lane. You should win the lane, you should take the tower, and then once the tower is gone, your position three can go jungle, uh, your position three can go like rotate to mid, your position three will essentially start like playing the map, and that's when you just sit in the lane and get and get your level six. Like once the tower falls, I think a lot of a lot of the game is is made uh, really easy. And stacking is also good too. Like if you stack and then your position uh, your position three can go like take the stack at a certain point, then you take whatever whatever lane it is. But uh, yeah, I know. I, th I think I think a lot of the meta right now is like you're playing the lane with some beastmaster or some crazy ridiculously strong hero like that. You don't really want to leave just because you can pressure. Right. And you pressure, and then you take the tower, and then that's when you get some experience is when the map opens up. Um, but a lot of the time, you are playing the lane pretty. You have like some headdress, and you're just pushing the lane and 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 harassing and bullying and fighting. So, right. Yeah, I'm 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 inclined to I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, I I think that um that might be one thing to really pay attention to in in pubs in particular. Uh, I'm sure it functions a little bit better in immortal and and high immortal games where like you can guarantee that um, your three will go play the map when they're supposed to. But in pubs, they're going to just sit in the lane until the tower dies. But most of the time, almost 100% of the time, once tier one is down, they will look elsewhere. Most likely the jungle, and that's probably better for you if they get the fuck out of that lane, even if it is just to go jungle than to sit in that yep. lane. Yep, definitely, definitely. Um, but it is hard. That's the thing is that is that a lot of where you can get experience as a position four comes from getting so good at laning that the experience comes from having such an advantage in that lane. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like it's this weird like compounding thing where if you're a good support, you kill them when a bad support wouldn't because you catch them out of position. And then you have this lead, you take the tower, and maybe in like the lower rated games, you don't take that tower because you don't get that kill, and therefore you have less experience. But right. that's that's the thing. That's the nature of getting better at the game. If you're if you're worse at the game, you're gonna be you're gonna be lower level. If you're better at the game, you're gonna be higher level because the little mechanics and things that you're doing is gonna result in you having a lead, which you can take advantage of. Yeah, so, I, I kind of think it is just that. I, I kind of like I think it's easier to play five right now just because five kind of just has to like sit in the lane with a headdress and just like provide regen and like eat spells for your carry most of the time. But as a four, it's almost like playing a miniature mid lane because your job is basically to out duel the enemy support and then snowball off of kills. And if you're not snowballing off of kills, you're probably going to fall super far behind. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you can just, you're just behind. It's just the way it's meant to be. It's just a hard game. That's life. On what heroes is Ring of Trask viable as a starting item? Every fucking core hero in Dota. <laughs> I am telling you, dude, I am clicking through as many high-rated pubs, and I'm so glad Everyone's that I was doing it. I'm so glad that I was on this train first. I was I was I was literally in a game. I told this story 
on I think our last Alchemy Answers. Dude, we like, talked I, about this when we did the patch note video. We were like, oh, yes, this is probably yes. good. <laughs> right. It, so I think somebody in chat said that. And I was like, that dude, that's legit probably good. And I tried it. And then immediately in that game that I first tried it, I said to Ix Mike, I was like, dude, is this good? And he's like, it actually doesn't seem that bad. But I guess it doesn't. He was unsure. Mm -hmm. But now it's like everybody's sure, you know? So it's like, dude, I'm so glad that I was doing that when people weren't sure. They weren't sure if it's good or not. Yeah. You know? Because I also posted a video about it. So now, like, everybody's going to be like, oh, dude, Jenkins predicted that, even <laughs> though, like, the video was, was, you know, what it was on the come up. So, but, but everybody just always attributes it to, like, whatever, whatever is, like, the first video or the one that has the most views. Right. So, like, the support sniper. Like, I didn't invent that. I just made a video about it, you know? But yeah. everybody was like, ah, oh, Jenkins, he made support snipers in my game. That Ruining made me so happy. games. <laughs> yeah, that made me so happy to, to ruin a bunch of pubs. Um, okay. Myra says, how to be more consistent. Let's say I'm playing decently most of the time. I'm going to move this over here so I can read the questions without looking away from the camera. Uh, how to be more consistent. Let's say I'm playing decently most of the time and climbing, but then there's a game here or there where I'm playing 1,000 MMR below my level. I have already reduced my time spent uh, playing, and I'm taking breaks in between games. Any other tips? I'm so glad you asked this question. Uh, I had this exact conversation with my brother-in-law yesterday as we were playing unranked trying to get my smurf 100 hours so i can actually play um ranked games and the reason that i'm making this smurf is because i was thinking about uh monkeys forever bsj and one other dude that i know smurfs lukey lukey so if you guys watch twitch you'll know who all of these guys are they're na players they're all very good uh they're all very high rated Lukey Lukey is like rank 11, BSJ, like rank 50, Monkey's Forever rank 50. But you look at these guys' Smurfs, and they play their Smurfs just as much as they play their mains. Mm -hmm. about, about, you know, maybe 75% as much, but enough to, enough to have a consistent, you know, they should be gaining a lot of MMR, but they aren't. You know, Lukey Lukey Smurf, rank 600. BSJ Smurf, rank 200. Not so bad. Monkey's Forever Smurf, rank 500. Pretty bad. But the, the crazy thing is that... Their Smurf MMR is probably pretty close to what it should be. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's, it's not it's not like Lukey Lukey is a rank 11 player, and so he's dumpstering people on the Smurf. He's losing because on the Smurf, he's playing in, in a different mindset. He's playing when maybe he's not 100% uh, wanting to play the game. Mm -hmm. He's playing different heroes other than the ones that he's comfortable with. Uh, he is actually playing at a lower level, and yet this is a 9,000 MMR player playing on a 6K account and losing. He has right. a 42% win rate on this account this month because he's playing Morphling. So he's actually a bad rank 600 player, even though on his other account, he's a good rank 11 player. Maybe maybe he's like rank, closer to rank 20, but he's a good player. So what, what's, what's, what's like the point of this? Basically... Your MMR is not a, an accurate representation of your skill. It is a representation of your skill at whatever time you are playing the game. So if you play when you're fucking pissed, if you play when you're apathetic because your dog just died, it is a representation of that. But if you look at the good players, you can see that they have a split. They want to play Dota because they're addicted, but they have a split. They have a shitty MMR that's for when they aren't 100%, and then they have a good MMR for when they are 100%. So you don't need a smurf to do this. All you need is to make sure that your main MMR is 
your MMR when your brain is in the, the perfect state to play, when you're not apathetic, when you're not depressed, when you're not raging, and otherwise, just just don't play the game. That's that's uh, the, the conversation I have with my brother-in-law. It doesn't really answer your question of how to be more consistent um, because that's, you know, that involves like introspection and realizing when you're in this state, uh, any state that's not like perfect to play the game. But that's all I would say is just make sure that when you, that, that, that MMR is an accurate representation of your skill at its best. Make sure that it's your peak by only playing when you're, when you're 100%. Because I see so many people play when they're raging and stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah. Maybe our skill is the same, but my MMR is higher than yours because I don't play when I'm raging, but you do. So your MMR is your raging MMR and your normal MMR, but my MMR is just my normal MMR. My raging MMR is somewhere out here. It doesn't right. exist because I don't play when I'm raging. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I mean, the. I think some people might get hung up on that where you say it's not an accurate representation of your skill because – being consistent is a skill that's part of being good at dota right and yeah, so that's and, true and so it's like mmr is essentially the average of all the potential mmrs at which you could play a game distilled into one number and you and i have talked about this many times where it's like maybe you play this hero like you're a 4k player and you play this hero like you're a 6k player and if you only play those two heroes and you play them exactly the same ratio, you'll end 5K. up at 5K. But what you need to do is you need to make sure that you're having more games where you play higher than your average MMR and less games where you play lower than your average MMR. And the best way to do that is, like you said, to have a lot of like self-reflection, introspection. Be honest with yourself. How many heroes are you playing every month? If, it, if it's like 20, you're not going to be playing above your average very often right because you're probably really good and above average at maybe like five euros in your entire pool and that's just yeah. like most people are like that i gotta say being honest with yourself is the absolute foundation for all of it i like here's the thing is like to spare your feelings you know let's say i'm coaching you to, sp to spare your feelings I can say that stuff you're doing is good or that, you know, you don't deserve to lose or you don't deserve your MMR. But let's say, let's take feelings out of the picture. Let's say we're computers, we're robots, and all we care about is winning. Is a robot going to say that to another robot? No, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's fluff, yeah. you know, like your MMR doesn't lie. It doesn't. Yeah. If, if somebody's higher MMR than you, they are better than you. If you look at somebody and Unless you think, it's wow, an account how is that person? That's bought. But like, Unless it's a bot account. Yeah. If you look at somebody and you say, how are they a divine player? That doesn't make any sense. It's because they're better than you. That's why. There's no excuse. There is no – they are – they play more than I do, so they're better. Yep. That's not a thing. I know a lot of people that barely play, and they're good. Their MMR is high. Newsham's a great example. The guy doesn't fucking touch Dota. He plays with me once in a month, and he just 1v5s and carries me. And it's right. just embarrassing for me because I'm playing all the time. He's carrying me. And uh, it's like riding a bike. You pick it up and sure you're a little bit worse. But eventually, if, if you play a large enough sample size, that's the thing. It's like if you're playing one game every week, sure, maybe, then, then it's like you're not, you're not playing enough. But eventually, eventually, it will equate to what you're what – the, like you said, the, the like average of, of whatever your skill is. It will equate to that eventually over enough time. That is just statistics.
it's basic statistics. Yeah, I so, I wrote a script for a video on this today actually, so it's it's kind of hitting home right now. But basically, like the, the conclusion that I came to is that nearly everyone wants to be an immortal level player, so you can you know prove how good you are and maybe test your skills against pro players or whatever. But hardly anybody wants to do the work to get there. And like the thing about being a high rated player is that you have to try harder than everybody in the game all the time, <laughs> basically, you know, you, you have to essentially be willing to look at every single bad thing that happens in a game and be like, was there something else I could have done to stop this from happening? Or that's, are... that's the, th uh, sorry to interrupt, but I've been playing, like I said, I've been playing unranked and I've been playing with some people that just don't give a shit because then mm -hmm. that's why they're playing unranked. Like I'll, I'll say something to them like, uh, Oh, Hey, we should go do this. And then they'll be like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm having fun. And I'll literally, I've literally like, if it's ranked, I might, I might get upset. I might just be like, okay, what's wrong with it? I won't say it all, but I'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with this person? Like my brother-in-law, I would say, like, what is wrong with this person? Right. Why don't they want to win? But since it's unranked, I'm just like, dude, totally. Yeah. Whatever. Like <laughs> right. if you, you want to have fun, it's unranked. doesn't matter. Like the point of the mode is not to really win. It's just have fun. It's just fun, casual Dota. It's like the casual version of the game. Right. And that's the thing with ranked. If you're playing ranked, you care about winning. That's that's like that's the point. It's ranked. Yep. Like you have to associate your phone number with it to play. Like it's it's supposed that's the whole purpose of it. Right. Is that it's serious. It's yeah. competitive. And the thing about like the unranked scenario that you just brought up, okay. So he says, No, nah, I don't want to do that. Now you have to be like, Okay, that's the new data point. That's what I have to play around. The fact that this person doesn't want to go Roche right now because they want to just hit these creeps. Like, okay. I guess I can't play around Roche. Now I have to do something else, right? <laughs> I, I had a guy go, he was Kunkka, and he just farmed it. He wouldn't fight. He would not fight. And then I just see like 30 minutes into the game, Kunkka has purchased a rapier. He immediately runs into a fight, dies, and then loses it. And then we lose. We get thrown. And somebody was like, dude, why the fuck would you buy that? Why would you throw? He's like, oh, because I haven't gone rapier on Kunkka before. I was just like, whatever, man. It's unranked. Throw all you want. It's right. just for fun. It, it, you just have to yeah like you said you just have to play around it but in ranked man anybody tells you they don't care they're just such a fucking liar they're just they're just like distancing yeah. them, themselves from the loss that's all they're doing is that they're they're yeah. trying to like emotionally distance themselves because it hurts it hurts to lose it hurts to invest into something and to be told that you suck yep. or to feel that you suck which is what the game and, does uh, to you when you lose basically like yeah and that's why that's why going back that's why honesty is the most important thing be honest with yourself because if you actually want to be good well, you have to get better. You have to recognize your own skill to start with. That's the foundation. So you can't just lie to yourself. You can't blame your teammates. You can't do any of that shit because it, it's not going to actually give you MMR. Like, you just won't get it. You'll just be stuck. Would you rather be – it's like, you know, happy truth or happy lie or a sad truth. You would prefer the sad truth and then an eventual happy truth, you know? Yeah. Okay. That was a, that was a long one. Uh Deegan says, this isn't a question. Just want to say I've climbed about 400 MMR by sticking to one heroes, just like you guys said on the answers. And I just wanted to say thank you for the advice. I swear to God, I did not <laughs> read that before we went on our like our, our just rant about picking one hero. But that's really good. There you go, guys. We, we answered the question. And about 15 minutes later, you hear the exact same thing <laughs> being confirmed. So there you go. Yep.
That's uh, thank you for that, Deegan. Prove my point, our point. Uh, Sloracle says Jenkins said that Newsham thought that as long as you don't soak XP as a position four, you will play at a seven K MMR level. You both mentioned all the flow chart. What is the flow chart for a position four while laning? Is it based off of the sign a stack pull gank mid uh, or go for a kill in lane? If you guys could explain uh, what to uh, so w when do you decide to stack? When is it better to pull? Hopefully this question makes sense. What should my priorities be as a position four? Uh, Nushim was actually like writing me like a video script for this. Um, I think he was like, this was like back when I was doing like the game flip stuff, and and he was he was like, I was trying to like basically get get scripts, and I was like, dude, if you can come up with like a script, you know, I can give. He he needed money and shit, so I right. was like, anyway, so he he like kind of wrote this like ad hoc script about about like priorities as a position four, and it's pretty complicated. It's it's not it's not easy, but the the baseline is just not soaking experience. Um, it depends on the game. Like if the creep equilibrium is in front of your tower, we can't pull. So that's not that's not a thing. That's that's a totally different thing. Pulling is what you do when it's in front of their tower. That's a base. Like, you know, that's that's what you do. Um, but when it's in front of your tower, there's like a few things you can do. You can like mess with them. You can stop them from pulling. If your core beats their core in lane solo, and you can just basically just have like a death grip on the lane by stopping the enemy support from pulling, you should do that. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. If that's not the case, then just go stack and you can catch up or go for a gank on mid. Um, if mid is very killable, like it depends. If, if mid's like an SF or a Tinker or one of these easy to kill heroes and you're like an Earth Spirit, of course, go gank mid. But it depends on the lane. If you're some Grimstroke, then you're, you're not going to gank mid. That's when you should stack or you should stop them from pulling or you should go for a kill in the lane that you're in or you should go to the tri lane and, and go try like or sorry, go to the, uh, the safe lane and go tri lane, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, although that's a huge risk. Like if if then you can't get back top so i would very much say that's like a five percent of game sort of thing but with that being said yeah it's it's not it's not a super it's not a super simple thing but i would say like just to answer your question about like pulling um if you can pull you never want to stack like you never do anything if, if if you can pull you pull yeah that's like i i don't see any other if the lane is in front of their tower it doesn't matter if you have a winning lane or losing lane you pull because if you're winning lane, your core can't pressure their core if it's in front of their tower. If you have a losing lane, well then, obviously then, you then your core gets pressured off the way. Yeah, so you exactly. Need to pull, otherwise, they get nothing, and the carry just owns them. So it's this flowchart only starts when the creep equilibrium is in front of your tower. Yep. And that's when you go stack. Stacking is probably like the most boring default option that's like if you can't do anything else you stack stacking's not that good stacking is just if you have nothing better to do yeah but... i i would say that like to give you some other options of like where to start the flowchart i i i really think it's it's so game dependent it's hard to give you like an actual flowchart but your your initial seed branches would be is the enemy support pulling go stop them can you kill the person right now at your current levels and resources kill them uh is there a power rune spawning mid right now and your mid cannot get it because they're not very good at pushing out the lane go get the power rune are the bounty runes spawning in the oh, next yeah. 30 runes, seconds set up runes for are another thing i I, for, I forgot to mention those those yeah. those are important like if, if you're if it's like an ember versus storm mid sort of thing mid uh mid then like the runes are, are very important it just depends on the other lanes like the other lanes dictate what you do at that point basically Exactly. I'm surprised. Somebody in chat, the diplomat, said, Jenkins, does your philosophy degree help you see Dota more clearly? I'm surprised somebody remembers that I have a philosophy minor. 
But I do want to say something about that. I legitimately consider that my philosophy minor is arguably has done more for me than my CS major, like being a CS degree. I feel like, I feel like philosophy is a majorly underrated discipline because like in today's day and age, critical thinking and actually formulating an argument that is like sound and valid is one of the most lacking things. Like, have you ever gotten an inter internet argument? And you just read a sentence that somebody says like angrily to you and it just literally logically doesn't make any sense. All and then the you question it, you question it. And then they're like, you mad. It's like, no, I'm, I literally don't understand the English. It doesn't, it doesn't, the things don't, they, they don't, they're not, it's not logical. It doesn't, they don't correlate with each other. Like somebody said, I was, I was in unranked and somebody said, you are so bad at Dota that you can't even get pussy or you, 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 you can't get laid. And it's like, I get that those are two insults and you're combining them, but it makes no sense the way that you're combining them. Like the, the insult, just the, the way that they formulated the insult was more insulting than the actual insult. Like, what does that mean? You are so bad at Dota that you can't get pussy. You can't get laid. Can you tell me how the fuck that even makes sense? I, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so that's what philosophy teaches you. Is it teaches you how to insult people on the internet better. All right. Uh, Zebus says, how do you keep yourself from playing Dota and watching Dota Alchemy when working from home? You don't. You just don't. You just do it. Yeah, Let's be real. Let's be real, dude. Just Dota it up, man. Unless, unless you are like a let's you're probably a billionaire if you work actually eight hours a day most people are doing like two hours four hours of work max can we just be real here everybody's spending even if people don't play dota video games whatever these fucking normies are on reddit and facebook and linkedin updating their linkedin pictures and yep. and 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 t chatting on slack and st like nobody's doing work for eight hours a day the so amount of focused it. work that the average person does is probably like 20% of their day, maybe 15% yeah. of their work yeah. day. No way. No, yeah, no way people are. I've, yeah. unless things have changed. I mean, I, I haven't worked a regular office job in like a few years now, but when I did, it was, you know, there was a lot of, uh, I mean, these people are pretty efficient. They're pretty damn efficient, but with two hours or four hours of their day, they're efficient. With the other four, well, they're efficient at one thing. That's jerking themselves off. Will my mental sanity still be okay if I only play on C server? I mean, at least it's not US West. I don't. Do people even play US West? Yeah, I do. I have like 10 ping. <laughs> I can't not play it 10 ping. I feel like once you get to like Immortal Bracket, there's just very few games in US West. Maybe. I would try. I, mean, I would try East. I mean, I keep for both, so. Jenkins can code. Yes. Many languages, including French. How do I beat this new racing farming radiance in the jungle in 5k MMR? Uh, put a ward there and just stand next to him and hit, hit his creeps when he tries to last it. What is he going to Yeah, do? that's a good one. That's a good <laughs> one, actually. I got to say, those skeletons are annoying, man. They definitely are. But I feel like... Anyone who's having trouble with a jungler on the enemy team 
has a lot more problems than that jungler's build to deal with. There's a good question coming up on breeding it. I'm guilty of this. Do I want to get to this. Uh, okay, we'll get to it eventually. It's fuzzy. Answer the question. Uh, or ask the question. Putsy McCoy says, any advice for learning more mechanically complex heroes other than watch and decipher replays and practice the hero in a lobby or unranked? I want to learn more fling, but I have been shit scared to do it as of yet. Once again, the only advice that I can really give you for that is spam it. Like, yep. get over that anxiety of feeling like, oh, I, I'm never going to be good at this hero. I just can't play this hero because I can tell you that I have felt that about so many heroes before. Beastmaster is always the example that I that I bring up. It oh, never no, it's felt... so microy, so hard. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it, it never, it never felt good to me to play it. So I just like avoided it like the plague. Yep. And God, every time you step away from something like that, like you try something and you fail, and then you step away from it, and just it makes it so much harder to go back. You know, it's it's like every time it gets scarier and scarier. Uh, I was watching a some Jordan Peterson lecture, and he was talking about how a lot of women in their 40s have this problem where they had a very protective father and then in their you know 20s they had a, like a protective boyfriend and then a protective husband and then in their 40s like a lot of the time um they are largely on their own you know they have to they have to do a lot of stuff on their own whether it's like because of divorce or uh you know their husband passes away something something like that and a lot of people like break down because they've always had somebody to kind of uh, go to as like a, as like a protector. If things get really bad, you like go to somebody with your, with your like problems, like you can bounce ideas off of them, et cetera, et cetera, rather than like finding that strength from, from within. And I think that that's one example of it. This like, you know, the, the way society is with like women in their forties or whatever, that's one very specific example of it. But the, I think this idea of like a protector also happens in every single facet of life including dota and for dota it's playing your comfort heroes like a lot yeah. of the time you play a hero you're uncomfortable with it feels fucking terrible and what do you do you, you know, immediately back you go to the immediately one. <laughs> back to the hero that's giving you a crutch when really that discomfort that you're feeling is you getting stronger you need to start enjoying that process trick yourself into feeling like that discomfort that anxiety is a good thing it is it is it's part of it's it's the process of actually you know peeling away at that thing that's making you un uncomfortable and and getting getting better at it do not go back to that protector just go learn morphling when it starts feeling uncomfortable do not go back to your comfort heroes i gotta tell you man yeah probably the biggest reason that as a tier two player i could never go tier one in the time that i was that i was playing professionally is because I would always go back to Pudge as my protector hero. I would get uncomfortable. I would go back to Pudge, and I would just keep playing that. And I was a, I was a one trick pony. All that all people needed to do was ban out one hero. And for for so many years, I never learned anything else. And now now I know a lot of other heroes. But the problem is, you know, you it's it's like you can play for three years and then people just have this idea of you as like, you can't learn any heroes. And that, I, that idea will stay. It's like, you already had your shot basically. Yeah. Like I, I, I think that's just how it works is like people are excited about these new fresh faces, the new talent. But then if you don't prove yourself immediately, all of a sudden you're just thrown into the pile of like all the old players that are anything that they could have done, they would have proven by now. So 
yeah, it's 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 pretty important to not like I have you know I've experience with this going back to like a protector hero and it, it can really it can really fuck you over in mm -hmm. terms of actually getting better at the game because now I'm now I'm so much better I feel like I'm so much better than I was but I'm a grandpa now what a, what am I gonna do you know don't yeah. be jank don't be yeah a grandpa. I mean I definitely have been doing that with because I play a lot of five and I've been getting a lot of four and. Oh. The four heroes that I really, really should learn to be able to be a good four player are Rubik and Earth Spirit. Those two heroes would really make my hero pool like excellent for position four. And I think that four probably fits my play style better than any other position. But every time I play Rubik, I'm just like, I can see myself potentially being good at this hero, but I'm just not there. And then Earth Spirit, I just really just don't play. And it's like, you know, it, it would be minus 500 mmr to learn that hero which is kind of why having like a second account at the same level is pretty good but <laughs> yes, yes it's not something that i've ever done so the thing is though it's we're going to talk about smurfs right now because i see somebody asking in chat and i i gotta be honest i don't like that this is such a taboo topic because i get that it bothers i get that it really bothers people and it bothers me to have to play against her with a smurf um but with that being said it is such a competitive advantage for professional players that i don't see how you can be competitive without having a smurf having an account that you can play on to learn a hero and basically lose mm -hmm. and then keep playing on your main in the best possible games with arteezy and with sumail and these players that you want to play with because it makes you better when there's like millions of potential dollars on the line, I totally understand why people do that. But the also, thing is that it might give you a trickles pick. down. It might give you a pocket pick too that people don't know about, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, that's the thing is it, it does does trickle down though because people people above Smurf, so it's like, okay, well, I'm getting Smurfed in my game, so I'm going to go Smurf in lower games, and it just trickles down. Now everybody Smurfs. So it's a it's a hard problem to solve, actually. It's a really hard problem to solve. I would I would say that the biggest problem that comes from it is not for me to get a Smurf in a game. It's not is not that much of a problem. It really isn't because I'm already addicted to Dota. I'm going to keep playing it. The problem is the new players getting Smurfs in their games and ruining the new player experience. Yeah. That's the issue. Is I feel like new player Smurfing is fucked up, but I, Smurfing I in Smurfing in like you know if you can get a Smurf that's like roughly the same MMR as you, then that's a, a lot a lot more reasonable and like i said i i don't like that it's the way that it is for so long i i've i've never i've never had a smurf people always like flame me when i was playing pro it's like dude you need a smurf you're just binge queuing on your main and losing so much mmr people thought i was insane uh but i just i don't know i'm just vanilla as shit uh, but uh, you know finally I'm, I'm i'm giving in finally after like so many years of playing and uh man it's it's pretty nice it's pretty <laughs> nice actually I'm literally the highest MMR I've ever been. I'm 7.6k. I'm I'm actually almost AK. I'm only playing solo. No party queue, no cheating, nothing. I'm, my versatility is high as well. I'm not spamming any heroes. And you know why? I'm playing it late at night on a fucking Smurf in Unranked. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always kind of felt like the amount of hate that people who Smurf get is kind of unwarranted. Unless they're one of those people that, like, they're literally smurfing like 2000 MMR below their normal MMR and they just like shit on their teammates and the people that they're playing against. 
and just tell them how terrible they are at the game. Like, that's that's obviously not okay. Um, but I mean, I grew up playing sports, and the best <laughs> the best games I ever played, the ones that I learned the most from, the ones I had the most fun playing, were when we were playing against people that were way better than us, because it pulls the best out of you to know that you're playing against somebody that's better than you. And maybe that's where the smurfing thing is kind of hard is because you don't necessarily know that they're better than you until they're already like owning you. But at the same time, if, if I, w- I would, I wonder if you were playing mid, let's say as, and you like picked your hero and the other mid is like, it's you're notified that you're playing against a mid player who is, 6,000 MMR in your 4K or something like that. Would you play significantly better knowing that you're playing against somebody way better than you as opposed to just playing against somebody who's like 4K and then all of a sudden they shit on you? You'd probably pull your pants up and kind of try pretty hard, you know? Yeah. Buckle in, tuck in your shirt. That'd be pretty interesting, actually. You know, people people either crumble under pressure or they perform really well. Most people tend to perform pretty well when faced with a challenge that doesn't have like dire consequences if you fail. i'm not I'm, I'm honestly not a huge fan of that argument and i don't know i can't even say why I, i'm i it's like it's like an em- emotional thing almost i just i just don't like the idea of putting the burden on the the victims of smurfing so to speak like the people that i don't like to so but i am with you on the fact that I don't think that it's as simple as people make it out to seem because like for me, I am pretty, I, I, I really want to play that league next year. And yeah. there's, you know, if you get top eight, that's t- over $20,000 in Canadian. That's like $30,000 and every three months split five ways. So that's like six grand Canadian every three months. That's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of money. For just playing Dota. For just playing Dota. So there's money on the line now. And uh, yep. Nushim actually said this to me recently. He's like, Jenkins, I think you're well, – he's probably wrong about this because he's just he's just like – you know, he's just one of my best friends. He's just super nice. He's always always been so nice to me, like thinks really highly of me, even when everybody else thinks I'm shit. So he's like, dude, I think you're so good, and you just got to – you just got to like – you gotta, you gotta try. He basically, he said that he thinks he cares more about my MMR than I do, which honestly shocked me because I think I care a lot. I make all these videos about it, but um, it just made me realize that I'm not, I wasn't as competitive as as I thought because I was binge queuing, I wasn't smurfing, I wasn't doing all of these. I was, I was being on like a moral high ground, and if I'm as competitive as I thought, I wouldn't take a moral high ground. I would do everything possible to win, and I didn't care about that before, but now. Uh, you know, with money on the line, it's right. like I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the competitive advantage. Right. So I, I guess I guess all I'm saying is I, I I understand it, and I think it's way more complicated than than people think. Um, but but I don't like the fact I don't like the fact that there are like Archon players and Guardians and Heralds that are playing with people who are immortal, <laughs> like that's fucked up. Right. Or 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 even divine, like that's not fun for them at all. It's like that's like ruining the game. So I think there's, I think there's a solution, but I don't think it's a simple one. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it's a tough one that probably will never be solved, really, to like a satisfactory amount. Yeah, yeah. But man, when there's money on the line, <laughs> I don't know. These days, especially, I I, I do not blame people. Yep, I agree. 
Agravas says, as a mid laner in this patch, how do I know when to rotate and when to stay in lane and pressure slash farm? That depends on your hero. Uh, there are very specific tempo-controlling heroes in Dota. Queen of Pain, Puck, Ember Spirit. Heroes that can do a lot by rotating. And if you're one of those heroes, you should definitely... Dota's all about like risk-reward. You go rotate to a lane, you can be the best rotator ever, it might not pan out. So you just want to basically weigh those two things. And if you're one of these rotating heroes, the reward of it is probably, the, the risk is probably going to be pretty low. The reward's probably going to be pretty high. But if you're dumpstering your lane, then the risk might be higher because you're risking leaving a lane that you're winning and that you can pressure to go to the side lane. So you need to consider, okay, are these side lanes important to pressure? Is there an anti-mage? Is there a hero that, do I have an anti-mage and I need to go kill the hero that's against them so my anti-mage can have a game? These are all considerations you, you, you need to take. And I would just say, like, if, you know, getting runes is good. Um, if you don't want to be in your lane anyway, if you're not pressuring at all by being there, then 100% rotate. That's the easiest time to make rotation is when you don't want to be in your lane anyway. And uh, if the enemy team has heroes that you need to rotate to kill because they're dumpstering one of your important heroes, then that's when you want to make a rotation. Yeah, makes sense to me. I like it. Mason smurfs when he dodges games on his main and cannot play. Yeah, I can understand that. It's actually, did you know you can abandon in the first, um, you can abandon after the draft now, and really? it doesn't count for MMR? Yes. I'm getting an abandon like every other game, legitimately. That sounds awful. That yes, doesn't it's very, seem it's intended. Very awful. People are mega cheating right now. I feel like that's the funniest shit ever, dude. The fact that every single time that there's some new patch for a ranking system or, you know, updating how matchmaking works without fail. I talk to you like a week later and you're like, people are fucking cheating. <laughs> Everybody's cheating right now. The highest levels. Yeah, it spreads pretty quickly, man. It's like wildfire. <laughs> does it still give low priority? Yes, it does. It does give low priority. Uh, it does give t Q bans. It does lower beh your behavior score, but nobody gives a fuck. MMR is the only thing that matters. <laughs> I assure you, to these players, that is all that matters. Yeah. Uga Chaka says, as a carry, how can I tell if a fight is worth showing up to? I've had success by ignoring everything that isn't a high ground push, but that seems like a bad habit to get into. Thoughts? I'm Archon 3. Okay, so I do want to say, with regard to both of these questions... I'm really glad that you guys ask them because I think they're incredibly important questions, but these are basically the questions that are the art of playing the role. Knowing when to show up and when to not show up is what makes Arteezy such a good carry. So if I had a 100% answer for you, I would be not a TI winning player, but I would get third place at every tournament, which, so I'd be making a lot of money. Be pretty, enough, pretty, right? sol pretty solid right now. That's good enough. Um, so I can give you advice on this, but I can't say, I can't say, you know, that it's going to be some, a, a perfect flow chart. So basically whenever the enemy team is split up, that's a good fight to show up to. I mean, I can just tell you my rules. My rules are, are they diving like morons or are they, is the enemy team split up? If, if, if neither of those things are the case, okay, three rules. Are the enemy team split up, so it's like a 5v4 if you show up, then it's a good fight. Are they diving like morons, aka you have towers to protect you, 
uh, or you have some power spike and you actually want to fight. Like you you just got a BKB and you yep. want to fight, and it's a five v five. That that's it. Those are the three things. And uh, like I said, probably RTC would listen to this and be like, "Wow, Jenkins is a fucking idiot. This is why he's a tier two player." That's fine. Those are those are my that's my flowchart. I think you should have your own. Uh, that's part of the art of plan carry, and that's going to be part of what makes you you. Um, if you don't want to show up to anything and just let your team feed, that's what Hector does. That's fine. But you need to make damn sure that when you do show up, you're doing the right shit and you're right. showing up at the perfect timing because otherwise you're going to lose a lot of games. But it's fine. You can't play like that if if you're really good at it. Just whatever you're good at, just pivot on that. Yep. Yeah, we do okay. get a lot of those questions that are like so decision-making based where it's like, you know, we have to be in the scenario or we have to literally be a pro player playing this position to be able to give you the exact information that you're asking for. A lot of it comes down to just like fail over and over and over until you learn what the correct timing is for you, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not, not easy. Not an easy decision. Uh, not binary, I should say. Uh, Woosh Bar says, I live in Seattle, Washington. I love that city, man. I love Seattle. Uh, always played on US West server, but now I'm finding out that all the good players are on US East, and West has a lot fewer players. This is true. I think I have the most... Uh, I think for most of the time, it's fine, I, but I just hit Divine 1, and I want to get better. Is it worth changing servers? Is it worth playing on near 100 ping on US East instead of the 20 ping I have on US West with far fewer players, or does the server not really matter? Well, I can tell you, once you start getting to like Immortal rank 800 to 500, you are not going to get good. You're going to get behavior score differences in these games. The queue times are going to be long. You're going to get, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it's not going to be, it's not going to be good. You do need to queue East. And that's because like all the Peruvian players, uh, Mexican players, like everybody, everybody from all of these other places uh, other than like U.S., queues on on us east because they're just like the distance to the servers and routing and things like that uh, even Bra even brazilians will queue on uh, us east now a lot of brazilians are queuing on us east i have but, a like they, two they percent better west. win rate on west that the thing is like it's... when you're when you're divine one or two it's not going to matter that much but you're you're getting to the point where it will actually matter you're yeah. like you're on the you're on the cusp i just think it's interesting that I, because i have a, you know not the same amount but i've got 3000 plus games on both and i have a two percent higher win rate on on one of them and it's just kind of weird i wonder if it is ping or if it's just like i have no idea i have no idea yeah i would say you're 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 both the whoosh bar is about about the same mmr that you're at donnie and i think you're both like nearly at the point where it'll matter but not quite there yet so i would say west is fine for you but you do want to play with the Peruvians and Brazilians and stuff because yeah. they're, you know, they're very good. Um, yeah. Despite Peruvians in particular being quite insane. These, I have a hundred percent win rate on Peru servers. Two and zero, oh, man. So. Nice job. <laughs> what did you queue Peru servers? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but apparently I did at some point. Is there a vibe difference, Donnie? <laughs> is there a vibe difference on West and East? West and oh, East. Oh God, is there ever? There's a uh, big vibe difference. Yeah, there, there, there probably is. I would say that you get a West lot of... West is like Diet Coke vibes and Diet Pepsi vibes definitely on, on East. Sure, exactly. 
Jenkins, how much do you weight? I'm like 180. Something like that. I'm a big boy. Uh, Snowy says, my games have either gone 20 to 30 minutes or 60 plus minutes, but rarely 40 or 50 minutes. The game seems to tend to snowball or people prolong the game, sit high ground, yada, yada. Uh, this is most likely a result of the bracket I'm in. Uh, could this be a trend in higher skill games or are there any interesting trends considering the way the game progresses in your bracket since these two patches? That's an interesting question. Um, I found that for the last few patches, games don't really end very quickly. It's like 30 minute plus endings, like 25 to 30 minutes where yeah. people sit in front of the base kind of choking the enemy team for like 10 minutes at least before high grounding. Yeah, I think what's probably happening is the, I mean, because you also have like snowball games where it's over in like 15, 16, 17 minutes, like from time to time, right? Like just total draft win or people throw or whatever. Um, that's like 5% of games, maybe, maybe 10% of games, whatever like that. And then most games tend to be those like, fairly even maybe you get off to a big lead you have one mistake but then you get to the point where one team should win and in your bracket they do win <laughs> but in the lower brackets they don't win they continue to just sit there with the advantage then they throw it then the other team throws it back because they're still super far behind and they overextend and then the team that was supposed to win tries to win again but they're not as strong as they were before in terms of their lead and so they throw and then the team throws again because they overextend and then suddenly you have a 60 minute slugfest and it's basically just like you have either the snowball games that are over or you have the super back and forth ridiculousness because nobody knows how to actually close out a game at any MMR below like high divine probably. I I I do want to say though that game there have been the occasional games that end really early because of how good necro books are and mm. Helm's on on like Beastmaster and Nature's is a strong hero. Yeah. Like there definitely has been there there have been heroes that are picked where I've seen games end really early, like fifteen minutes. Meepo picks, that kind of stuff. Like yeah, exactly. Just some insane snowballs. Yeah, Huskar gets an Aegis, runs down the lane. Yeah, you kill him, you win. You don't kill him, you lose. Yeah, ridiculous. So yeah, it's, I'm sure that's a trend in all brackets. It's just that the two the two timings are going to be different, but you will still see the two timings. Yeah. Fuzzy. Okay, now we get to this question that I was reading earlier that I really wanted to get to because I, I really like this question i like that i like that you're calling us the fuck out i really like that he says why do you perpetuate the mmr supremacy status quo i refer to statements and implications such as you can gain 1000 mmr with this it is especially surprising seeing you openly talked about the ebb and flow of mmr during learning uh, a very commendable effort he says in brackets mmr is a function of skill consistency mental health etc However, those are not a function of MMR. Well, I beg to differ for me, but that's addiction. Uh, focusing on MMR is always myopic because uh, emphasis inevit uh, inevitably creates a fear of losing MMR, which has a strong adverse effect on the aforementioned factors, skill, mental health, um, et cetera, uh, or feelings of inadequacy, shame, disappointment, and the like, which I feel every day. Uh, all terrible – He, I said that, not him. All terrible for learning and having a good time. I understand MMR obsession and rankism is an enormous issue in the community and culture. However, uh, would you lose that many boxes of Diet Pepsi 
by going a little against the crowd in this. <laughs> uh, boxes of Pepsi, I buy crates, jokes on you. Uh, it feels that most patrons primarily want to get better and not focus on their MMR so much. Thanks for any debate. Love this question. Uh, I do want to say, please call us the fuck out. Like, I straight up want to be called out for bullshit. I and, like this. Before you give your answer, I just kind of want to clarify something. Um, because when we say that something is a 1000 MMR problem to fix, it doesn't mean that the MMR is the important point. It means that fixing this in your game, also known as getting better at Dota, will just naturally gain you a thousand MMR. You're not doing it to gain a thousand MMR, but because you do it, you will gain a thousand MMR. And sure, maybe it's not good to uh refer to it in terms of like mmr measurement but at the same time it is probably the clearest way to demonstrate the importance of a concept to fix in your own game it's just um for me it's like it's a it it's a way to measure how important something is like yeah it's really hard to say let's say let's say like i'm focusing on and i totally agree with you and I actually, I do want to say before I, before I go off on this, I actually think we can do it less. Like, I think we should and could do it less. Um, and I'm glad you said this because it's reminding me that we should. So I do want to say I agree. Um, so my justification for it is not saying I disagree. I'm saying I do agree. But my justification for it in a lot of cases is that if I'm doing like carpentry, for example, and I get really fucking good at making birdhouses, I, the reason I use this as an example is because this is what my dad does. And I I have no idea how to judge. Like, if you go to this carpentry camp for the weekend, how much better do I get at it? Okay, I can make a birdhouse that's twice the size. Do you measure it in size? Okay, I can make a birdhouse twice as fast. Do you measure it in terms of speed? I was watching this philosophy video, uh, Alan Watts, the other day. Nice. And uh, he, yeah, he was talking about he was talking about life being like a symphony, and he was just talking about how music is not something you measure by the speed at which it's played. Right. Like the entire composition is what matters. You know what I mean? Unless it's not like a the race. entire point of the song is to be played fast, which some of them are. But like some of them are. But for most it's music, context. it's not. Yeah. yeah. So it depends. It depends on the thing. It depends on how you want to measure. And in Dota, the best the most effective way to measure the importance of a problem, the, the speed at which you can get better at something is by using MMR. It's like an, it's like a nice measurement. And I agree that so many things play into it and it's not perfect by any means, but it's the best we have. I, mm -hmm. I, I can't say if I didn't have MMR, I would have no way of saying, of saying like how, like, you know, Hockeylionaire skill compared to Ugachaka's skill or my skill compared to Donnie's skill. I, I I would like how do I compare Diet Coke to Diet Pepsi? Oh, Diet Coke is good. Diet Pepsi is great. Diet vanilla coke is fantastic. What are these words? What's the difference between these words? They could all mean the same thing. It's so relative right. to, to the person. So that that's what it is for me, is that it's a way to have like a standardized measurement for something. And uh with that being said. Uh, I think like clickbaiting it in thumbnails and some stuff like that, that can all stop. I think that I think that's not necessary and it does perpetuate it. And I think just the like ideologically not not perpetuating an obsession with it 
is like good for what we want to achieve, what we wanted to achieve and what we want to achieve with Dota Alchemy is like, we wanted to just do like positivity, PMA, getting better. Like, so I, I, I totally agree with that, but um, it is very useful and it's a huge bait to use it as a form of measurement because I just don't know what else to right. use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's just kind of hard to think of any other way to describe getting better other than maybe like, because sure you could use, you know, your win rate, I guess for a month, that might be one way to do it. If you just like track your win rate, but there's no way to really use like a, an overall win rate. Cause right now, I mean, if you look at even pro players on Dota buff, like miracle his win rate's like 55% over like 14,000 games or something like that. You know, does he play like a 55% win rate player all the time? No, he probably plays like an 80% win rate player, like six months out of the year and maybe like a 70% win rate player three months out of the year. And then like a 20% win rate player one month out of the year. But how do you how do you quantify that in any other way than something like MMR, which gives you like a concrete number to at least reference for where you stand in the general population? People definitely do it. They like switch the focus though. Like instead of focusing on getting better and having MMR be a measurement of that, they definitely uh, focus on just the number. Yeah, like I've been guilty of that. We're all queue. Like for example. You know, I was I I wouldn't queue with Ellie. <laughs> I was only queuing when um I could queue with Newsham because he's a tier one player basically that just is playing World of Warcraft and shit. So he doesn't play that much, but I would only play with him or with my friend Ray Lalisa, who's like a nine K mid player. And uh it, it you know, I realized that like it's fake MMR if I'm only queuing under these circumstances. It's it's just focusing on the number as if that actually makes me better, but I should be so good that the MMR should come easily for me, you know? And it is now, and I'm so happy with that. I'm so much happier focusing on that and, and having the MMR come as a reward for that. And it feels, it feels so much more, just so much more rewarding. So I definitely think, I definitely think that um, anything that we can do to switch the focus and give people that same feeling is insanely important. Because I do think that there's like a plague in the Dota 2 community mm. for this. But once again, it's still really useful. It's a useful tool, but po po probably overused. Okay. Crave said, is Shiva's guard good on Wraith King <laughs> against PL? Uh, I would say probably another hero should build that. Probably. Like, I, 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 you build kind of as like a pseudo right clicker, and I don't see how Shiva's guard is going to help you do that at all. Like I'd really prefer some agonims or rapier or you're better off building a battle fury than a Shiva's guard. If you want to deal with PL <laughs> like radiance battle fury or radiance Mjolnir or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mjolnir is a good one. Mjolnir is a good one. I would say that's like, that's that answers the same, you know, question without having to be a Shiva's guard builder. Like Shiva's guard builders are for heroes that specifically want to run in and be tanky. It's like for a specific archetype of hero that's not Wraith King. Wraith King's like a right-click carry. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if you're playing offline Wraith King, sure. 
I don't think that's very good. But if you're playing offline Wraith King, then yeah, that's that's actually fine. It's like Kunkas like Kunkas mid will sometimes go for like a Daedalus build and be like a right clicker. Sometimes they'll go for like a Shiva's Radiance. Um, uh, what's it called? Spirit Vessel build. And it's like, just depends on what you want in the game. But anybody who's picking Wraith King is picking that hero to be like a guy that's going to crit the enemy supports for a thousand damage right now. So if you're trying to play that style of Wraith King, I would say no, it's not a, it's not a legit item. Poopy Pants Boy says, yeah. I often lose to... He's been... Dude, he's been here for so long. Uh, I've been losing to four tanky heroes that protect a sniper in the back. If you don't see this lineup coming and therefore you have no gap close to get Sniper, uh, what is the proper route you should take to win these kind of games? I have one available, and I could submit a replay of this game if um, of a game like this to help with the advice. So, blinks and smokes. Those That's your answer, in my opinion. You need to smoke and get the sniper while he's hitting creeps alone, which he will be, because sniper players are idiots. And just get blinks on every hero and blink on the back lines. No matter what your heroes are, like I mean, unless you're like an anti-mage, but then that's gap close. You said you don't have any of that. But people build blink on Death Prophet. People build blink Terrorblade, Ember Spirit, Terrorblade. These like ludicrous blink heroes because it's that or lose the game. Right. So I'm I mean, I'm glad they're not. I'm glad they haven't nerfed. They haven't nerfed blink a lot because if blink was nerfed a lot, then sniper would be really good. It's like they nerfed Force Staff and Clockwork's all of a sudden really broken because Force is just garbage. Right. You, it's hard, actually hard to force people out of Cogs now. Yeah, so you almost have to like so hit the cogs yourself just to use it on people. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You have to walk so close that it's like you're just gonna feed. So yeah, it's pretty pretty fucking hard. So yeah, I'm, blink dagger, blink dagger's the answer, and smokes. And also, just recognize that sniper is not a very mobile hero. So if they're kind of just grouping up around the sniper, just split push them. Split push to set up for for plays. You just like waddle slowly waddles places. Yeah, I did play a game earlier today that I won where we had a mid sniper and the dude was rotating all over the map and he was killing it. I was amazed. I was like, holy shit, the sniper's been to the safe lane three times in the first 15 minutes. What's going on? But he ended up going like 14-0 and 14 with a ton of impact as like a highly active mid sniper. It was kind of impressive. Highly active mid sniper. What did I just hear? Exactly. <laughs> what did I just fucking hear? Uh, okay, Vin Scepter says very important question. How did you guys meet, and was it love at first sight? Took us a long time to get to the namesake of this video. <laughs> Bonus question: Was watching some RTZ replays recently and wondering if you guys have any advice when it comes to analyzing pro replays. It can be quite difficult to try and copy him exactly because of the differences between Archon and Immortal games, for example. When he dies, it's often due to a coordinated smoke gank, but he's often looking out for these. However, I probably don't need to worry about these too much in my bracket. So what are the most important things I need to look out for that can apply for me, even though I'm in Archon? Okay, well, let's answer the love at first sight. When did we first meet, Donnie? Uh, probably through me having to edit one of your videos for Pugna. Oh, come on. You don't have to edit any of my videos. I was self-sufficient. You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> why, did, why did we first start talking, actually? I think... Well, it was it was because I was the content manager and director at Pugna. Yeah, was it... Was it I was originally the the dude who owned Khan, the guy. I started talking to him originally. Yeah. But I think then they started scaling, got so busy that I started talking to you to 
give them my content and to work to work with like the content i started talking to you yep and then i had access to all the back end stuff and you got really curious about how your content was doing which none of the other creators were doing and i was like oh this guy actually cares about what's going on on this website unlike everybody else that i'm working with and so i just started giving you insider trading information basically <laughs> about how to do better content for pugna oh yeah you were giving me yeah yeah you i was like this video me, is uh... doing super well you should do more stuff like this and... right right i remember that it was all it was always like the simple videos that did better yeah. like the and so we just kind the of like that... iterated on your content until you became easily the most p prolific content creator on pugna and since you were the only person giving me content on a regular basis, you're the only person that I was regularly working with on a regular basis. And uh, I, I think I'm sad at the amount of content that was lost on that, <laughs> on that site, like just gone. Yeah, I know. Like a lot of never... it is not very good, though. That's true. I mean, a lot <laughs> of my content was garbage. It was just it was like, man, hours that could be just put into a 15 minute video, you know, yep. just rambling and rambling and just such shitty mic quality and <laughs> no editing whatsoever. Oh, I remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, then, you know, I think after working together at Pugna for like probably eight months or something like that, we just kind of were like, man, there's so much more we could be doing. And then the company had to close and we were like, Hey, this is the opportunity. Good thing there's no rambling on Dota Alchemy. Yeah, we got <laughs> we definitely got a lot better at that. No rambling here. Oh god. Oh man. But you know what? The funny thing is, like, I joke, but it was so much worse. It was so bad. Yeah. Just repeating the same shit over and over and over and over. It was so boring. Not to call anybody out, but it was like basically every single YouTube video that was put out that wasn't memes until we started Dota Alchemy. Because basically every other YouTube video that was not just a meme channel or highlight channel was just somebody talking about their replay from spawning in the fountain until the throne dies in a monotone voice being like, well, I think I'm going to probably go here. Oh, wait, never mind. I decided I'm going to go this way. Actually, okay, there's okay. I'm hitting the stun. Nice cool and we should probably go rusher but looks like my team's gonna go top so i'm gonna yeah. go. <laughs> like that was literally the uh, guide content that exists you know what YouTube. you know what <laughs> some videos like that actually have good golden nuggets in them just because it's like pro players that are saying the shit so like right. they say good but most of it's garbage yeah yeah that's it's um anyway after that we were pugna closed and we were like well we both need to pay rent so we started dota alchemy we had like a subscription based website it was actually doing okay we had like 200 300 subscribers so it was it was not bad and it was it was growing but we were feeling pretty bad about like we're basically competing with game leap and we were feeling pretty shitty about uh just paywalling content we felt like it shouldn't be like that i don't know not to take like a moral high ground or something but it just felt old it felt like an old way to make money you know, like the way to so many like mobile apps have like microtransactions and merch and all of this other stuff that I think can be monetized and just everybody can take whatever it is for free and kind of donate if if they want to. And I mean, that's been working. 
that's been working for us. So yeah, I mean, our primary, yeah. our primary like commodity too was the exact same thing that we were giving away for free and also charging for. So it just didn't make any sense from a business standpoint. Now that we think about it, yeah. So it's was definitely the right choice. I never thought, I never thought I would have like a YouTube channel with people that actually cared about what I was saying and stuff. That's that's pretty cool. Even if it is just about a video game, it's still pretty pretty fucking surreal to be honest because i grew up watching youtube so um so his bonus question was watching rtz replays how to actually apply pro player stuff to archon um yeah pay attention to like the more important the more like general concepts you don't have to necessarily be like um you know, trying to dodge an 8K coordinated smoke gank in your Archon games, but you do need to be checking the minimap every second to see what's going on. You do need to be clicking on other people's items. You do need to be thinking about what item you need next. You do need to, like, uh, pay attention to when you show up to fights. You do need to make sure you understand what a power spike is and how to play a laning stage in various matchups. And I think those concepts alone will get you a lot closer to whatever MMR goal you want than trying to understand like Arteezy's deep thoughts about how to play in an 8K MMR game. Yeah, yeah. I would say watching your own replays is probably going to be of a lot of value to you when it comes to not dying to ganks and things like that. Just looking where the enemy team is at all points. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, yeah, I would say like, the farming video that I made with like the camps, like that's what's going to get you killed as a carry is when you're farming camps that are just like too greedy. And then the enemy team just runs in like, Oh, I want to farm this camp. Oh shit. There's a guy here. Get him! Like nobody's going to come look for you, right? but they'll find you if you're farming a camp that they should have access to. And if you're a carry just farming, like only the safe camps, a lot of the time that's going to be fine. And like a lot of camps are going to be safe and low rated games. And that's definitely something you want to abuse. You want to just take as much, take as much farm as you can. And um, that's why playing heroes that can like jump people. I, on my Smurf, I've been in unranked, I've been playing like Ember and that hero feels really good because you can jump people who are farming stupidly. Mm -hmm. but then also you can hit creeps and you scale. So you can kind of do everything. And uh, that's, I, you know, I really, I really like a hero, a hero like that. Like I feel like a hero like that can really take advantage of the shit that happens in yeah. low rated games. Yep. Um, anyway, Sergeant Sarcasm says, what's a good way to deal with depression while playing? I've been uh, getting it more and more recently, and I really need something to start pulling me out of this rut. Oh, God. Play less Dota. <sighs> That's the answer. Honestly, you, have to, you have to play less. Yeah, just 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 focus on, like, for, for me, it's, like, doing something that I just, like... It, <laughs> Okay, for, maybe it's different for you. I I can't speak to like what causes you to have depression, but for me, usually when I when I have depression, it's like all I care about or all I hope that I care about in that situation. Sometimes you can't control it; and you just are stupid and you don't try to fix it. But all I I try to care about is putting my mind in just letting myself just do whatever I want. You know, like if I want to watch a fucking TV show, if I want to play minecraft and i don't want to play dota i don't want to work i don't do it i just do whatever gets my mind in a good state that's like the primary focus and 
often that's just not playing Dota. You know, you just like you just need to to just do something that just is so baseline and easy that it just makes you happy. Eat for fuck's sakes if you have to. You know, obviously within reason. Um, exercise is really good. Definitely, I've had so many times where I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm mad, and I go to the gym and I work out. And as soon as I'm done, like while I'm doing it, it's awful and miserable. But when I'm done, I'm like, thank God I did that. I feel so much better. Yeah. Uh, that's that's some like dopamine rush chemical bullshit that's pretty good but for for a lot of my depression it comes from just anxiety and just feeling like i have too much on my plate and not giving my myself time to like breathe and actually giving myself space yeah and sometimes you just need to do that go take a bath you know just do something think your thoughts feel your feelings like let yourself let yourself come to terms with whatever it is that's causing you to feel that way like a lot of the time you'll think something through and you'll be you'll be like why was i ever depressed in the first place but if you're not get, if you're not giving yourself space to do that it's never going to happen it's just going to get worse and then thinking about it, it's going to be harder and harder and harder we already talked about the protector it's the same thing yeah you know and, and chances are uh if if you you're trying to like play dota through feeling bad you're you're basically like looking at dota as medicine for it which it's not you're basically looking at Dota as like, if I can just get this win, I'm going to be happy. And if you get to that point, you're going to be in for a very bad time because um, you're going to be playing worse because you don't feel good. And then you're going to not win very much because you're playing worse than you normally do, which means that you're just going to spiral in in that way. And so it's it's super important to just remember that there is nothing in the entire world that grows that doesn't take breaks every every single thing in the entire world that grows has like periods of rest and and activity in terms of its growth and so if you do not take breaks and like full-on breaks you know i'm not talking about like you know oh i'm not playing dota today so i'm gonna be on dota buff like looking at hero builds and trying to like theory craft and I'm not going to play ranked today, but I'm still going to play like 10 games of unranked. Like you need to legitimately not play Dota. Just don't do something else. Figure out what makes you happy outside of the game and only then come back and play because then you can actually have a healthy relationship with it. And, and it won't be the only thing that can, you know, heal you, but it doesn't actually heal you. It's just a bandaid that will, uh, you know, wear, wear off very quickly. Beautiful, man. I agree. Jenkins, how do competitive tournaments feel? Fucking exhilarating, man. It's addictive. It is way too addictive. I wish I never fucking competed in the first place. Let me tell you that. It's not good. Um, been playing a lot of Bane lately, says Hockey Leonaire. Is Hockey here? I haven't seen him chatting. Um, I've decided his play style is a lot about catching out a solo player, pushing pushing a lane too deep, or jungling to allow time for the team to come set up and kill. This is true, but at lower MMRs, this type of understanding of how to play around it is near impossible, leading me to think that certain players, such as Bane's style, prevents you from playing them in non-hybrided games. You are better playing a Lich-type hero who can just follow around a carry and buff him and do good at in team fights agree or disagree i uh oh he's here okay i actually dude hockey Liner has pretty 
good thoughts uh, about the game. I, he's got pretty high level. He's always been like that. I, I tend to agree. I, I find that all the time. Like if, if you're playing the example I always give is if you're playing a hero like an Oracle, if you're playing a hero that's only purpose is to save your carry, it is very, very hard to have consistent win rates and, and impact in, in games. I think Lich Lich is like an insane hero for low rated games because yep. people just walk into team fights not knowing what the fuck's going on. Yep. And then there's a chain frost bouncing and when they realize what's going on, it's too late. It's way too late. I, I agree. I think Bane is I think there are certain heroes that are way better when played with when played with like teammates and yes. stuff. So Grimstroke, for um, example. Yeah. A- amazing hero if you can combo with somebody who's on the same page as you. Awful hero if you're just like ink swelling somebody who runs back to their tower every single time because you aren't coordinated. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent hundred percent inclined to agree. And all I can say is I don't know what bracket that's gonna get better. I know that Bane in my particular bracket is actually quite good. Yeah. People are very very goddamn horny to play around a bank because it's like Ooh, i'm gonna get a grip i'm gonna steal that kill because a grip is a guaranteed kill right it's just so guaranteed um right. but lich is is like gonna do way more damage in, in team fights than than a bane um like i said ember spirit this is a hero that i've been playing ember offlane on this smurf in unranked and every game i'm going like 25 and one and i play games where i'm like beastmaster or bristleback and I'm feeding, like I'm feeding to legends and archons and stuff and unranked because it's just some heroes just aren't that good if you don't have a team to do stuff with you. Right. Like you need some hero that can do shit all on your own. And uh, yeah, no, I, I I agree. That's all I can say is I, I agree. Yep. What I, agree I, well. I 1v1 speed. I am so bad at 1v1s. I challenged a divine player to a 1v1 the other day and I fucking lost. He just obliterated me. He completely obliterated me. That's just, I was, I've, I, dude, I was 1v1ing turtle um when turtle was like archon or yeah he was like archon he's beating me i'm not, I'm not a good one I, I i have like 10 games of sf i don't know i'm not a, i'm not a good 1v1 player yeah i don't think it's i mean it's obviously important but it's not that important in in like the, the grand scheme of things um masley masley says uh, i spoke to you elevated about how you should limit your hero pools if you want to start gaining mmr i was wondering how big your hero pool is um how good the heroes are Example, PA is one of my comfortable heroes in position one, but it's not very good, especially at my bracket around Divine and Immortal. When I play it, I still feel good playing, but I'm wondering how my how game losing it is for my team and how much better is it to play other meta heroes. Thanks for answering questions. Love you guys. Also, shout out to F is for friends tier on Patreon. Yeah, shout out to those guys. Fuck yeah. They're awesome. I don't get that many many messages on Steam though, I gotta say. A lot of people are just on my friends list. Nobody messages me. Yeah. I think I I think I message F is for friends people more than they message me. Hockillionaire, <laughs> tell them. I, I I just I bitch to people, um, but um, yeah I think I think uh, we talked about this Donnie off stream about how like Lion might be fun and you might be good at it but you're just making the game insanely hard for your team. Yep. For for you too, it's like you're just eighty damage Earth spiking people and just desperately trying to right click away and like you have to take all these sick trades and sick stuns. Yeah. In order to like make the hero worth it, and it's like why the fuck am i not lich yeah you have, why you have am to I try not right so now? hard to make some heroes work like if i look at my my last week of games okay so i've played eight spirit breaker games eight snapfire games 60 plus percent win rate with both of them uh then i've got 
you know, three games of Shadow Shaman, three games of Undying, two games of Phoenix, two games of Dragon Knight, two games of Bounty Hunter, Juggernaut, Witch Doctor, Bloodseeker, Earthshaker, Adventure Apparition, Lich, Zeus, Ursa, Axe, Lion, Tree of Protector, Tidehunter, Razor, Sven, Marana. Just too many. Like, you know, I probably played half of these heroes at like 20% of my ability to play them. But I was just. Yeah, I like, gotta say, I am at the highest possible MMR that I've gotten in so long. And my versatility, I went from nine to five, which is still too high. I consider myself a pretty versatile player. I played for a long time, but I reduced it by half to half. I reduced it to half. And my MMR went up. There's no coincidence there. Yeah. I'm I'm playing shit that I know works. I'm playing shit that I know how to play. And I'm so happy with it, with the with the results from it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's just like you said, like I can pick any other hero. Or I can just pick Snapfire. Like, if I pick Snapfire, there's like an 80% chance that I'm going to be able to play the lane at least remotely to even or advantage for us. If I pick any other hero, I might be up against like Axe Rubik and they're just going to fucking dumpster me and my carry or something like that. And it's just like, this is not fun. It's not fun for me. It's not fun for my carry. It's not fun for my team because now there's like a level 12 axe with blink blade mail BKB at 20 minutes because there's nothing we could do because I'm a fucking witch doctor that can't do anything when an <laughs> axe just runs at you. <laughs> like, yeah, that's another one of those heroes that's like, you just wish you could do so much more, but you can't. Yeah. So to, to answer your question, yes, you are probably making your games way harder than than necessary by picking some kind of bad hero. And that's just the way it is. Yep. You just you play some Viper or Medusa, some like 30% win rate hero. You feel it. It's like, yeah, you could probably win. But why bother? <laughs> why bother <laughs> win with that shit? Uh, okay, so Kegel King. Uh, can anybody guess who that is? Let's see. Let's see how, how much chat remembers. Who's, a, who's an old alchemist here? Kegel King says, question. You know who it is, Donnie. Uh, yeah. When are you two going to three stack with me? And he says that's a top three question. We should. Um, we should do that actually. That's yeah. a good idea. I've I've uh, I've my Smurf just for this, so I'm actually 100% down. We can definitely do some. Uh, maybe maybe when we do the stream of our duo queue, we can queue with patrons as well. Yeah. And just do like a five stack. We could even play lobbies and have us with our scuffed Stupid. ass hero combination plus three people against five people who are coordinated yeah <laughs> like yeah sure that could be pretty sure. fun we could get like coaches and stuff in there yeah i'm down to do anything i'm down to do it we should just have like a patron fun night yeah like once a month or something like that and just like fuck around just have just just do lobbies and 1v1s and shit we need to do that this week or this weekend actually yeah we should we should um i need to yeah i'm gonna need i'll probably take i can like we'll figure it out later but i'll i'll, I'll like cancel all my coaching on saturday or something it's all available i don't think i have any booked but okay we can just do patron stuff um anyway uh dragon middle says just wondering what are your thoughts about lone Druid? is he a better mid or a carry uh, do you think necrobook would work on him now yes i think necro's broken on every hero although you don't use the mana regen is the only problem i think yeah. i think you probably want a hero that uses the mana regen that's like one of the best parts of it probably um, better is, off going something else but yeah honestly um is offlane ld just not viable I've been spamming him for a while now. I'm not sure what to think in this new patch. I feel like offlane LD needs like too much farm, needs too much space. He kind of takes space. Like he will really play like the carry a lot of the time. 
So if you want to carry, yeah, then sure. But at that point, you'd be better off safe laning because you're going to take space from your carry anyway. Right. Um, I think Lone Druid's a really good mid. He really benefits from the levels. He can pressure the tower before any mids can deal with it. And uh, that way you can kind of like take space and also play active because he is weird in that sense that he does, he can run around and take towers and stuff. Yeah, but, he's, he's kind of like DP on steroids to some extent. Like, yeah, DP or Dragon Knight or something like that where they like, yes, they're carries, but they also run around and fight. But you wouldn't want like a DP offlane necessarily because what if there's no space for her on the map? What if she can't get items? You think right. a DP offlane is going to be useful without items? I don't think so. Underlord offlane with very few items, quite useful. Yep. You can just run down a lane, push, press ulti, make space, DP, DK, they can't do that. So that's that's kind of the problem. So I think mid laundry is great. I think that's probably his best role. I agree. Gestraga says, question about lane understanding. I was playing Void with Disruptor against Centaur and Invoker. My breed is Disruptor is good at harassing. I can trade with Q, uh, but Invoker has a lot of regen and Centaur hits kind of hard and it's, it's, he's very tanky. Um, I think we could win the lane if I help my Disruptor to trade and we lose the lane if I just hit creeps. I approach to the lane thinking like Mason would be uh Mason would win this lane and kind of get lost in the middle. How do I read that lane? So it's what hero Centaur Invoker versus Disruptor. And I don't think he mentioned the carry. Um, that's a pretty but, important part <laughs> of the equation. Yeah, I would definitely uh I would say that lane you you probably hit the cent you probably just hit the centaur. Like Disruptor is yeah. actually pretty annoying for Centaur because the Q is magic yeah and you just you just hit him and zone him um invoker you would hit if you can like kill invoker is like really weak in level one you can probably harass the invoker a bit in level one but once he has like a couple of levels you just you can also play that lane to pull i don't know that that lane doesn't really pressure that much he says void he's facing, oh void oh okay okay yeah i, 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 I think he's playing void okay yeah, yeah i see you definitely hit the centaur because he's the one that's actually going to pressure you in the lane like centaur can pressure avoid in lane because he can threaten to stun you if you go for last hits and i kind of feel like position four invokers are just like a non-hero to some extent like you don't want it's like it's like a nyx assassin you don't want to trade with them because their regen's too high but they also kind of do zero damage to you so you just trade with the person that's in the lane that actually takes damage and cares about it yeah i, I would i would say like void doesn't want to play to hit a centaur yeah, I think I think you guys don't. I, I think you guys don't really win that lane. You play that to farm. Like, you harass a bit so that way they're like regening and they can't contest you pulling. But Void just plays to get last hits because Void is gonna out carry Centaur. Invoker is gonna get out carried by Disruptor. Like your heroes are really good in the late game. Yep. And in the mid game, like he can Chrono. You can use your ultimate. Centaur gets an ultimate. It's not that good. Like Centaur is good at laning. Invoker he levels up he scales kind of linearly so like you guys have some nice power spikes you can play around and void's like a hard carry so if he just gets items you're you're good um i would say void against centaur like almost always you never want to just hit the centaur and, and void is fine against centaur because if centaur stomps he can just jump after like i don't think void can die in that lane so you just kind of play to you play to farm and yeah, um I eventually if you get levels maybe you can kill them with like a, a four rotation something like that yeah, um, but yeah, I, I would say with like void. Now that I actually read the first sentence and saw that it's void, void just hits creeps there. Also, Chestraga says I played a super weird and toxic game where I was Jug, 
and my Jakiro decided to support my Pudge 4, who was soloing top because my Ursa 3 decided to go jungle. I mean, this game was the worst thing I saw in a while. The thing is, I was solo against a Weaver offlane who fucked me. Uh, what should I have done? I was farming, but he killed me. Sentries. You just need sentries. Um, it's not easy to lane as Jug versus Weaver. I would say, depending on the level that you have, if your lane is hard with, with Jug, it's actually quite easy to play that hero against hard lanes. Because you just spin the wave and then you run away. Yep. Spin the wave, run. Spin the wave, jungle. Spin the wave, jungle. Just keep doing that. And uh, that's that's how I would say. And do that with a sentry. And just be prepared to have regen. Like when you're spinning the wave, he's going to beat your ass. So have regen prepared for every time you spin the wave. You kill the whole wave, it's going to give you more gold than the regen it's going to cost. Mm -hmm. To Especially because you have healing ward. So yeah. what do I think yeah. about the Ring of Trask as a starting item meta? I did it first. That's what I think. Did Donnie get immortal, says Laka somebody, or did I beat him to the crunch? You did. You beat me. I've been stuck at my MMR for way too long. <laughs> you sound so defeated. I, well, I am, because I'm just tired. I'm tired of the fact that every time I say anything on a video, people question me because I'm not immortal. It's just like, okay, <laughs> that's your opinion. So... <laughs> I, I legitimately the only reason I want to get immortal at this point is just so I don't have to deal with that shit anymore. Like I don't even care about anything else. I just want to stop having to fucking justify everything that I say to people. You know, ironically, that as a motivation might be fucking you kind of hard. Probably. You know, you never know. Damn, you're. Immortal. That's crazy. Lock of somebody has gotten a lot of MMR. Yeah, it's dope. He was four point five k when we when I did coaching with him a while back. Um, he says he says he'll boost you with TA. No thanks. All right, that's it. <laughs> All right, this is a long ass podcast, man. Yeah, it's been a while. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you, as always, to all of our patrons for the excellent questions. They just continue to get better and better. And uh, you give us a lot of stuff to talk about, man. It's uh, always good. We, I, I would say at this point, I get just as much out of these podcasts from just discussing ideas and thinking about stuff <laughs> as we give to the patrons. So Yeah, I feel, I feel that way, too. It's very cathartic. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, take care. We'll see you next time.